Support for the Unofficial Shopify Podcast comes from our friends at Bold Apps. Unofficial Shopify Podcast listeners might like to try Product Upsell, one of the most popular apps on Shopify ever. It lets you create targeted upsell offers when customers add to cart or check out, and then provides you with the analytics to check your results. And with those results, you may find uh, that most stores say the app pays for itself in the first week, and we found that to be true. Bold is offering the unofficial Shopify podcast an extended trial by going to websiterescues.com slash bold. So if you go to websiterescues.com slash bold to get started today. Hello, welcome back to the unofficial Shopify podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate it, as always. Today, it's been a while um, since we've had a Shopify store owner on here. You know, I leave that stuff to, to Felix, the uh, shout out to Felix. Um, and I mostly work, you know, talk, interview, talk with uh, other professionals, people who I think could give you some insight into how to make more money because they have some special skill. Plus, it's just who I talk to, so it's easier for me to book them as guests. However, I do get the occasional really interesting store owner. Um, and today I do, I've got a really interesting one. I love the idea. It was introduced by uh, Jake Starr from Recycled Firefire. Cool guy. He's been on the show before. Um, and this one is near and dear to me. Because uh, my wife is pregnant, go me, that's some exciting news, um, and <laughs> so we're, we're starting to receive as gifts all this baby gear, and I knew it would be like, you, you know, there, you'd be going to ultrasounds, and hey, you have to buy all kinds of stuff, like car seats, and they even make like race car looking car seats, but this is a whole new market that I have only just scratched the surface of. Um, so joining me today, welcome to the show, is... Uh, so, God, Beef Brody. Sorry, I forgot your last name. Welcome, Beef Brody. <laughs> I had to go. Thanks, right to thanks look for having me. No, yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited about it. So, Beef, what's the name of your store? My store is Tactical Baby Gear, and uh, we design and manufacture a, a line of uh, military-style diaper bags and pouches and accessories and changing mats and, and all kinds of other really cool, fun stuff. It is fun stuff is definitely the word for it. It's definitely the stuff looks cool. It's tongue in cheek. Um, it's great. Uh, it's tactical baby gear. It's tacticalbabygear.com. So I love that you have an exact match domain name. Um, but immediately, like I had my brother, like I saw your site, and then that weekend I had my brother in law over, and he brought. Uh, he has like he had Irish twins. God help him. Um, so he comes over like <laughs> laden with 50 pounds of gear, you know, for these children Yeah, and it's all got like floral patterns and I'm like, Oh, it's so emasculating. And immediately I was like, that's why tactical baby gear is genius. And the stuff, like I encourage right. you, everybody check out tacticalbabygear.com. Um, but it's like mole packs, um, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, everything else out there on the market really takes the man card away from dad. And yeah, that's like the, it, that's it actively problem. tries to do it. it. It does. And there's very – at the time – like when I created this back in 2000, late 2012, early 2013, and my wife was pregnant, um, and we found out we were having a second girl. And uh, that's that's where all this came from. I was like, oh, son of a bitch. Like <laughs> I know exactly – I know what that means for me. Like that means I'm carrying that damn – purple bag again like i just don't want to do it like i'll do it if i have to but it's like nobody wants to carry that if they don't have to you know what i mean right no guy does at least um so i was like there's got to be something out there so i started searching the internet and there's 
there wasn't, there was nothing. There was, and anything that was like kind of geared towards a male was just like a black version of what the woman carries. And it's a lot right. better. It, but yeah. It was still just the, the same thing, but dark colored. Yeah. It didn't fit my, my, my needs. It, I was like, that's just not my style. I just still don't want to carry it. It still looks like a damn diaper bag, you know? Not that I'm against kids or anything like that. Like I love my kids and I love being a father and, and all that stuff. But listen, let's be honest. The diaper bag isn't for your child. It's for you. You know what I mean? It's a tool to help you take care of your child. It's not like I don't need to carry a Hello Kitty bag around for my child's diapers. Like that's something I have to carry around for me to help be a parent. So um, that's where we kind of filled that void in creating uh, you know, a line of products. It's like it's a cool product really geared towards that, although we're finding that tons and tons of women love it. Hmm. Um, but that's where the, where the idea was born. That's where it came from. It's like, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, your child's accessory. It's, it's yours. Is it, um, is it mainly, is it women buying it or men buying it? Like, is it women buying it uh, for the new dad to get him excited and involved? Or is it men being like, fuck this and buying their own diaper bag? It's a little, it's, it's about a, we have three different buyers, really, and um, it's about 50-50 men versus women, um, although on the, on the female side of it, you have, um, you know, like your wife or my wife or somebody that, that we've marketed it to, and they've seen it, and they've come across it or word of mouth or whatever, and they're like, oh, John, you know, is having a baby, and he would love this bag, and he would, you know, he's not going to mind carrying the diaper bag if we get him this bag, so they'll buy it as a gift, right, or... Um, a lot of times he'll see it, but for some reason, everybody has to ask their wife for permission to buy something. So it's like, oh, my wife, I, I got to see if my wife will let me buy it or I need to you know, ask for permission, which I think is ridiculous personally. But um, I guess that's just the way the world works right now. Um, <laughs> but uh, For some reason, if it's baby related, like if it's some gadget for the house, I'll just buy it. And then when the box shows up, my wife is like, what is this? <laughs> but baby gear like that, I'm for some reason, always going to run past her. And I assume it's because she made the baby. Uh, yeah. And that, I think psychologically that. that's uh-huh. what's going on. Well, and plus yeah, like the sure. whole situation is geared that way. Like I'm definitely like, I've gone, you go to those doctor's visits. You're definitely, you're of course a second class citizen there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but, um, you hit the nail on the head with, uh, she made the baby. So I think it's, it's only, um, fair for, for guys like me and you and, and any other, you know, father to be out there to really step up to the plate and do a lot of the other heavy lifting because she did carry the baby. She did, you know, have to go through all that, um, you know, for nine months and birth a child and all that stuff. So the least we could do is be an active parent and carry a diaper back and change the diapers and, and get your hands dirty that way. Um, I feel like that's the least that we could do, um, to, on that Absolutely. end, but you're right you know, they're, they're so, going through all that stuff. And, um, you know, it's like, uh, you know what, she's, she's growing this child. Maybe I'll run it past her. This is the diaper bag I want to get. So I I could, I could in 2012, you, you had a personal pain. You said like, you listen, I want a diaper bag that isn't just a black colored version of a like regular female diaper bag, like the stuff targeted toward women. It didn't exist. So you had that initial pain yourself, and I love that. That's how almost all of these stories start is I wanted this thing for me. It didn't exist. 
Um, you know, like Muggsy, the ballroom jeans guy had told me that, uh, uh, blue shark straps, like ton, lots of people had, that's how it starts is I want a thing for me. So what did you do next? Once you said, okay, I want this, it doesn't exist. What happened then? So, um, my initial first thing was, um, I'm I'm very much a doer. Uh, so I, I immediately like went to the internet um, after I realized nothing else out there existed. And then I was like, man, what do I do now? So I was like, well, I'll, I'll make it. Like I have the ability to, to make this stuff. So I, um, I first thing that came to my mind was the brain and tactical baby gear. I mean, what says it better than that? Right. So I immediately went online and I started searching domains and it was available and there was nothing else out there like it. And it was, so I, I was like straight to GoDaddy and I just bought the domain. And um, at the time, I knew very, very little about um, e-commerce and, and, you know, online stores and things like that. I, did you do anything to validate the market or you just say I'm going for it? Yeah. No, I did. I did. So for a very short period of time, I sourced a bag that I thought fit the needs uh, of what we were doing. And I, I, I replicated most of it, right? So we, we made, we made bags for a short period of time. Um, and I sold them like one by one. I started an Instagram page. Were you making this stuff yourself or did you get a manufacturer? Uh, in the early days we were, we were, we were making it. Hmm. Um, so, uh, we, um, uh, so let me get back on track here. So <laughs> I, I started an Instagram page. I started an Instagram page okay. and, uh, and that's how I got a lot of traction in the beginning, right? Cause I was very big on Instagram with the car stuff and I knew a lot of people and cars and guns and the whole, both of those communities really are just so intertwined that it's kind of one and the same. I call it, yeah, I call um, it the, the tactical crowd, but it's like, as soon as you're into anything kind of fiddly and engineering, you're going to be into other stuff too. Like I love cars Therefore, I have I spent you know a hundred dollars on a folding knife, which most people would think is nuts, and I would total it like I would have a nineteen eleven and an AR fifteen if, and just because I think they're cool engineering pieces, if my wife would let me, um, but she won't, so never mind. Uh, but yeah, it's just like as soon as you're <laughs> into fiddly, neat engineering stuff, like that expensive, you stuff. like everything, <laughs> yeah, and it's all expensive, of course. Um, then, like, yeah, there's a whole world of stuff that that fits into that. Like, uh, so yeah, that every all, dairy, like, so, if you're a car guy, you're probably also you might like everyday carry, and it like it all kind of overlaps. You so you were lucky; you had a similar audience. I had a very similar audience to get to from the get go, but and I knew a lot of people in the industry. So um, once I kind of got a little bit more proof of this concept like holy shit people actually really want this and i couldn't keep up with it and it was like, all right, sorry guys we're sold out like I, I gotta make more so then you know i'm working on cars all day long and in the, at the same time i'm trying to like figure out how to grow this business and how am i going to get this stuff done and how are we going to make more so we can sell more and, dah, dah, dah. and um you know working until you know all hours of the night is two three o'clock in the morning and i've got a pregnant wife and i've got a two-year-old at the time and i'm like juggling all this stuff and people are like what are you doing and i'm like i'm working i don't you can play all the video games you want or watch episodes or whatever but i'm busting my ass like i'm you know my i want to build an empire so anyways um so because some of the people that i knew within some of those industries guys like uh austin weiss i don't know if you've heard of austin weiss he's a good friend of mine but he helped me out um 
in the early days, you know, giving me some shout outs and stuff like that on his, his Instagram page. Who's, and he's got, I don't know, 400, 450,000 followers or something on, on one of his pages. And he's got the gun blog page on Instagram that has another, you know, several hundred thousand followers or whatever. So anyways, that helped me get a, a good start, uh, as well. and got me a lot more followers and then, um, you know, a lot of other guys in the industry that caught on to that. And, um, uh, you know, then, then it really gained traction. So again, because I came from car world and I didn't know much about e-commerce and internet stuff, I just did some quick searching and my original website was through Volusion Uh-oh. and it sucked. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember yeah, about, you said you started around 2012. I remember like. You know, Shopify was much smaller, and there were all these other platforms, and Volusion was a big one. Oh, my God, was that thing painful. It was. Well, and I didn't know better, right? I, I did some yeah, how research, do you know? and I was like, yeah, I, I, you know, and it was like, it was like Volusion, uh, what was it, Big Commerce, and Shopify then was just kind of coming over the horizon. I feel like I just read little tidbits about it here and there. Then a lot of people had concerns about the the checkout page, how it redirected them. And I thought at the time I was like, big red flag. People aren't going to like it. No one's going to actually purchase. They're going to they're going to bail out at the checkout. So I went with Volusion, and um, I spent a lot of time learning it and getting it all set up and all stuff. And I thought I'll have this badass jamming website, and it did well for me. And it it did grow. It, I finally got some things figured out on it. But then I felt. As I got deeper and deeper into e-commerce and learned more and more about it, I realized how inefficient it was, how it was just not very well optimized SEO and all those kinds of things. It was slow. Um, what um, was the what was the moment? How did you know, like, hey, this is for real. This is going to be a success. It's not just some side hustle or hobby. When I was sitting down and talking with somebody and they were convincing me to move over to Shopify and uh, Tommy – Tom Yandula, and he's he does a lot of internet marketing and stuff, and um, he's probably familiar with your podcast, I'd imagine. He gave me a lot of great advice, and he was like, he's he's an English guy. He's like, oh mate, bloody fucking hell, mate, you could be you could be doing this, you could be doing that, you make all this money, da da da. And he was telling me he had a friend in a similar market in the um, tactical community EDC stuff. And he was telling me all the, you know, his sales numbers. And I was like, holy shit. Like at the, at that time, early in the year, I just didn't realize and grasp how much there is to be made on the internet if you do it right. Oh, and I'm consistently that. like blown away by how much money, like oftentimes I know no longer will I look at a store and go, oh, that's stupid because the chances are like the, the dumbest thing in the world. It could be making a million a month. You never know. You never know. You never know. Um, but uh, so that was about a time where I was like, man, we really got something. And and I asked him, I was like, because, again, I didn't know much. So I was like, Tommy, I just want to pay you to set this up for me. You clearly know a lot more about this than I do. He's like, oh, mate, I, I don't do that sort of thing, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, Tommy, like, I don't care what it costs me. Set this up. I'll pay you for it. And then he reached out to a buddy of his that he were, they were going to kind of team up and, and help me out with some stuff. But they knew the potential in it, and he wouldn't let me pay him. He wanted equity in the business to do it. And I said, I, I just can't give up the equity, I, especially the, the amount he wanted, which I, I can respect why he did that. I just, at the time, 
and even now I wouldn't give up the equity to do that because you can always pay somebody right. to do those things that you can't do. You don't have to give up that equity. Yeah, it's a catch twenty um, two. The people who come to me and offer say, yeah. "Hey, will you will you work for equity?" It's like my immediate thought is, "Well, you know, fifty percent of zero is nothing." <laughs> because anyone who's like that willing to yeah. give up equity, it's probably not a great idea. Um, no, yeah, absolutely. And clearly, like in hindsight's twenty twenty, you made the right decision. I did, and I learned a lot from him, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, and he and he knows that, and I owe a lot to him for for the success that we have today. Uh, but it was about that time where I was like, man, we've really got something here. So I took it upon myself and my partner. I have a partner, Alex, um, who also just had twins. Speaking of your your brother, and you said had twins, uh, Irish twins. But you're a part. Oh, geez, Louise. Yeah, tell me about uh, it. I feel bad for him. I don't yeah, have to deal so, with it. um so i brought on my partner um alex uh it's been a year and a half two years now and i brought him in because he had a lot of experience with uh the retail market right so he he invented a product and and patented it and took it to market and was selling it into target and macy's and urban outfitters and you know all these you know major retailers so uh before i knew so much about the e-commerce thing i connected with him and i was like he's like man we could take this to target and we could take this to toys r us and we could take it to here and there and I, you know of course you know you're seeing dollar signs the right. whole time you're like oh my god millions and millions of dollars and all this stuff um and we after evaluating the whole situation and realizing where the market is and so many people online shopping and um, it just didn't make sense for us to, to go down that path with the major retailers. Um, so we just decided, you know, we're just sell direct to the consumer through our own website. We're going to control every bit of it. Um, we're not going to have, you know, some other sellers selling our stuff, undercutting our price and this and that and having to um, really manage and oversee all these different channels um, and wholesalers and blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, it's, it's almost a hundred percent automated, you know, all our product. Now we do manufacture it overseas, um, to keep our price point down because even then, you know, our bag, our least expensive bag is $65. Um, people still bitch at the price. Oh, you know, I want it, but it's so expensive. You know, and, and then maybe it's they're because the ones I have. Like I have, you know, I've close to this. I've seen other people manufacture things, but your bags, like, there's so many pieces to it. It's going to be an expensive bag to manufacture, no matter what. Yeah, it, it's not cheap. So people are the the problem is, you know, people the the person that bitches about the price is also the person that's upset that it's made overseas, <laughs> and you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like, yeah, if you want if to make it locally, I, it's going to be expensive. Yeah, I I can I would love to have it made in the U.S. But I one we couldn't afford to do it. It's like three or four times the price to manufacture, which then it, it's three or four times the price to buy. So you're looking at like a two hundred dollar diaper bag. Um, nobody's gonna fucking buy it. Yeah, you know? no, I agree. You know. So, anyways, it's manufactured overseas and it goes to a fulfillment center. Um, so all our orders come to the website. It, it syncs with our fulfillment center. They ship our orders. And, um, you know, we have all our email automation going. We've got, uh, you know, so much of it's automated. There's still a lot of time put into it, of course, on the back end, making sure that things are set up and things are moving and jiving. And, um, you know, marketing, um, you know, whether it's posting on Instagram, 
multiple times a day or setting up Facebook ads or whatever to, to run. But um, that's the beauty of having, you know, e-commerce on my business is that you spend a lot of time getting the foundation set up and all that stuff going and then it's automated and you can really run it from anywhere in the world at that point. You could sit on the beach and run your business, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's the dream. And I love, like, as soon as you said, yeah, we've got email marketing automation set up and fulfillment. And it's like, it just feels so good when that stuff's on autopilot. And obviously there's yeah. stuff you have to tackle and you have to be involved in the business. But the more that you can outsource and automate, oh, it feels good. It's um, awesome. <laughs> all right. So the the number one question I get from people, especially, you know, people who are new um, to Shopify is how do I get traffic? Like so many people will build a store, build a store, and then they launch it and they have no traffic or they have like, you know, 30 people a day visiting and no sales. And they, that's frustrating, like especially with the amount of time it takes to get something together. What advice would you give them? What works? How do you get traffic? So um, I think it's, it's a lot easier uh, for some businesses and a lot more difficult for others. But as far as sending traffic to your website, you just have to, uh, you know, know, know your buyer and and creatively get their attention which brings me to my next question you got a lot of success in traction on instagram what's what's the secret what uh how could people get get an audience on instagram and I, that's such a broad question but you it know, is any any tips on making instagram work instagram is a different animal than it used to be and i'm now i'm finding a lot more success through facebook okay. um and i think a lot of people would agree with that that are doing the same things but I mean, Facebook is just a little bit more powerful. Um, Instagram, it looks like, is getting around to, you know, with, with the insights and all that stuff. And now you can do marketing on Instagram. In the early days, it, was, it seemed a lot easier because Instagram wasn't so flooded with people and so many people trying to do a lot of the same things. But um, I aligned myself with people with massive followings. Um and I, I think that's, a, again, I'm very fortunate in that respect that I just know some of those people that were willing to be like, oh, yeah, I'll give you a shout out to my half a million people of the same demographic. Like, that's that's huge. Um, and it's very difficult to do that now because everybody that has a big following now uh, wants to charge you for it, right? So you have to pay money to somebody now to get them to expose your brand to their following. Um, so... Uh, at the end of the day, it, it just it takes money to make money, right? You got to spend a little to make some. So, um, but as far as an organic Instagram following, you know, good, good, solid content. Hashtags work miracles. Um, you know, tagging people uh, that you think might be interested in it. That um, you know, a, a lot of times I'll buy products from other businesses that have a big following. Seriously, this is what I'll do. I'll, have, I'll buy a product from a business that has a big following and I'll use it in my photos. I'll tag them because now they want that social proof, right? Of like, oh, look at this other cool, you know, this cool guy is using our product. So they're going to repost it, right? So now their 250,000 followers uh, get exposed to your brand because they reposted it and you didn't have to go to them and say, hey, will you repost my, you know, you give me a shout out, right? No, you, you buy their product. You don't go looking for the, the hookup, but you just go to their website, you buy their product, you get it in, and then you take some really cool uh, creative photos with it, something that's like when they see it, they're like, oh, shit, that's badass. Like I'm reposting that. So then you know, they get a little something out of it. You get exposure, and um, hopefully you gain some followers out of it, some real you know, good, solid followers, not, not just – I mean who cares if you have – 
a million followers, right? If none of them are your real target buyer, then who gives a shit? No, that's really that's phenomenal and great advice. And you gotta give uh, you gotta give to get is what I'm hearing about that. There's so many people who are just like, hey, can you feature this? Hey, can you promote my stuff? Hey, it's like, nah, uh, you gotta give them something first to get yeah, their attention, I mean, and then then you know you have not violated the social contract, and they'll be willing to talk to you. I mean, it's basically yeah. no different than you walking up to a stranger on the street, be like, hey, can I borrow five bucks? No, of course you can't. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you, one hand washes the other. I mean, everybody's got to give a little. Um, you know, and and most of the time people are happy to work with you and help you out if if you can kind of return the favor. So um, that's the thing that gets me. I mean, and I get it now, you know, and I don't have a big following. We've got like 13,000 followers. It's nothing crazy. But um, And you don't have to have a huge social following to prove that you can make sales either. A lot of people, I'll, I'll mention to some people like what kind of sales we do, and they're like, what the shit? Are you kidding me? <laughs> like. And they're like mind blown. Uh, and a lot of people associate, you know, a social following with like revenue. And that just, that just isn't the case. I, you know, have, even on, I have definitely seen some stores that have like tens of thousands of followers. They're like, oh, I've got this huge social following. Oh, but I don't have any sales. Make it work. I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I have no yeah. idea. Like yeah, clearly and, you got the wrong people. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. If you have a million followers, it doesn't matter if none of them are fucking buyers. So, um, I don't know. I could, I, I could talk for hours about this stuff. I love it. But, um, well, I think, I think you've said it all. Um, one last question, you know, what's your, uh, couple, well, two more questions. Uh, what's the one app you couldn't live without? The one app I couldn't live without. People obsess uh, about apps. They ask me about apps all the time. What's your? Apps, what's the one you really like, need? Shopify. Like a, app. A, okay, Shopify app. Yeah. Um, well, what do you use for email marketing automation? Uh, we use Mailchimp and we also use Springbot. We just got in with a company called Springbot. Have you ever heard of Springbot? No, this is new to me. Okay, so let's talk about Springbot for a minute because I really like these guys. Um, they're out of Atlanta. They've developed a software that um, it, it incorporate like, so it, it syncs with Shopify, it syncs with MailChimp, it syncs with Amazon. We also sell on Amazon, so that was huge for us. So um, it syncs to all of our different channels, so it gives us amazing, amazing reporting um, and analytics and all this stuff. So it'll show us, you know, like, of the people that bought this product, there was, you know, this percentage was male, this percentage was female. These are the products they also bought with that product. This is their, you know, interest and in demographics and where they live and, you know, all those kind of analytics you get through Google Analytics, um, which I believe it pulls from Google Analytics as well. Um, so it, and then it also does um, abandoned cart stuff. It does um, other triggered emails, you know, after purchase emails and, you know, um, first purchase emails and all that kind of automation that you can set up through there. Um, but it also makes everything that you do, like, so you can post to social through there. You can post to Facebook. You can post to Twitter. You can post to um, Pinterest uh, through Springbot. So anytime you do something or you send an email or you post to social or whatever through Springbot, it makes it trackable. So you can actually track your revenue based on the actions that you've made. Um, it also gives you the ability to create trackable links like you would in Bitly. Um, 
and I don't know a whole lot about Bitly. I just know that you can track the clicks and things like that. But this also tracks revenue from those clicks. Hmm. So um, I I think we've done some things outside of the box with their with their software that they aren't used to because I keep calling them and I'm like, hey, can you, can you guys do this? And they're like, oh my god, no, we can't. But I suppose if you did this and that and the other, that like you could kind of get what you wanted to do. So we think outside of the box a lot. We do things that I think are very common sense, but then when you try to get it done, it's like nobody's ever thought of that. This is groundbreaking. Why didn't we think of this kind of thing? So, anyways, um, some of the things we were kind of limited to, and it was nothing real crucial. Um, some of the things that they did kind of required a few extra steps that on my end were a little bit more time consuming than I would like. And I'm extremely busy person. So I like things to be very fast and efficient. And, um, so what I did was then created a spreadsheet of links. So I took all my URLs from my website and then I made trackable links, um, that I can track individually. So I have a link for every single page on my website that I use on Facebook, I have links that I use on Instagram. I have links that I use on Pinterest. I have links that we use in email marketing. So when I want to send people to a specific product uh, through Facebook, I use the Facebook link for that product. If I want to send a person to um, a specific product or, or category or whatever through email marketing or MailChimp, I'll use the, the email link that I've created. So then I can go through and really look and track like, okay, I sold 60 diaper bags yesterday, uh, and I can see where those very quickly, without having to dig into a bunch of data, where those sales came from. Was it through email, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest? You know, what was it? And it's just like fast. Like, I don't have to dig for stuff. Um, I hate having it, to dig for stuff because even if that data is available, as soon as you put like that speed bump in the road, you're just not going to do it. Like everything's got to be easy and available if I'm going to do it. And I'm like, I'm, I learned to just be honest with myself and I'm like, eh, it's too much effort. I know I'm not going to do it. Well, my problem is I get sidetracked, right? When I'm like d digging through data on Shopify or I'm digging through Google analytics or you're trying to kind of piece the puzzle together of, okay, this traffic came from here and how many did I sell there and blah, blah, blah. Um, so then you start like, well, well, where did this come from? And then where did that come from? And how about this? And what about if I did that? And then you get sidetracked and then you spent four hours doing something on the computer and you didn't get anything done, except for you found out that you sold 60 diaper bags to somebody through email marketing or whatever. So um, Springbot gives you the ability to track that stuff very, very quickly and easily with really, really great reporting. Um, so that right now is a really cool app. Um, it's not really an app, but it's a software that integrates with Shopify. Yeah, it's a service. That counts. That works for me. You've said it all. This has been hugely helpful. I hope people get a ton of value out of it. And definitely check out tacticalbabygear.com. If you've got a baby on the way, I know I'm going to grab a bag. Hey, what's your best-selling bag? What should I get? Uh, our best-selling bag is the Deuce 2.0. The Deuce and we 2.0. Sell, we sell that as a couple different like combos. So you can buy just the bag by itself. Or you can buy the bag with the changing mat, or you can buy the bag with the changing mat and a couple of the pouches that comes as a set. So there's a couple of very variations of how you can purchase it, depending on the, your budget, more or less. Um, but that's our number one selling bag. Uh, the Coyote Brown is our top top color. This looks good, and I see on the product page you've got the uh, – yeah, I like the Coyote Brown. That's a good look. Um, 
Yeah, so you've got the video on there, a really nice description, and Yachtpo reviews. It looks like you're doing everything right. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. We're selling. You can't sell garbage. I mean, a lot of people sell, like, you know, they have a garbage. They just grab some shit off AliExpress, and they're like, oh, no one buys from me, and I did everything right. Yeah, except no one wants your product. It's not interesting. Like, this is just, <laughs> like, this clearly filled filled a niche and a need that, that wasn't being met before. Right. So uh, yep. I congratulate you on your success. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, I'm going to wrap it up there. To our listeners, however this audio made it into your ears, you could find out more about it at unofficialshopfypodcast.com. And if you'd like to be notified whenever a new episode goes live, subscribe on iTunes. I beg you. Leave a review while you're there. Or sign up for my newsletter at kurtelster.com, and I will probably shoot you an email whenever we post a new episode. Thanks, everybody, and we'll be back next week. Our program was produced today by Paul Rita. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.